Between Roth conversions, HSA contributions, tax planning, and gifting, it is important to plan for the end of the year. Also, FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried is in hot water with investors and the law. Finally, Bob Iger is back at Disney. The market moment starts now. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Hello and welcome back to the Mach 1 Market Moment. This is episode 128 or 128. This is Eli Freeman and I'm joined today by Matt Walters. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Hey, last week's podcast, I gave you a shout out on the the individual number thing, I did one, two, seven. Hey, it's consistent, yeah. consistent. For those of you who don't know, I always read them yeah. number by number. Okay. For this week's episode, we are going to discuss some year-end planning items and some current events. First up today, we're going to go over some things to keep in mind as the end of the year approaches. So some year-end items. Matt, what's the first one you think of? Yeah, we always hear us talking about this this time of year, especially even more so when the market's down. It's a great time to be looking at Roth conversions. And so kind of a quick um, bit of information on those that may not be familiar with that. You know, Roth conversions, just when you're taking money from a tax-deferred bucket, IRA, 401k, and you're saying, hey, I want to go ahead and pay the taxes on this, move it to a Roth IRA. That way I don't have to pay taxes on it down the road. And so if you're someone who believes that tax rates are going to go up, or if you know you're going to be in a higher tax rate in the future, then obviously it could be advantageous to go ahead and pay more in terms of dollars taxes today in a lower bracket to avoid them down the road. So it doesn't make sense for everybody. Very situational, very personal, but definitely something you want to be looking at. Those have to be done before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So December That's not 31st. An, an April due date. No, it's not like your Roth contributions when you're just putting new money into a Roth IRA. This is a conversion when you're taking money from another tax deferred account and moving it, converting it to a Roth account. You mm-hmm. have to have that by the end of the year. And there's no there's no limits. You can do as much as you want, but it's just a matter of how much taxes you want to pay now. So work with your advisor, your CPA, and now's a great time um, to have those conversations. Yeah. How much taxes and where are those tax, where are the tax payments going to come from? Right. Are they going to come from your bank account or from your investment account? Yep. And which investment and account? And depending on how old you are, I mean, you can do this at any age. Mm-hmm. But if you're le- under 59 and a half, then you definitely want to pay the taxes out of pocket. Because if you have it withheld, then it, they view that as a distribution. You pay penalty. You know, there's a lot of nuances. So, again, don't try to come to this conclusion on your own. Um, work with a professional advisor, CPA crunch the numbers, see what makes sense, and make sure you fully understand kind of all the moving pieces and parts to what's going on. But definitely worth looking at. Yeah. If you're if you're working with another advisor, maybe just something to ask them. Should I consider a Roth, Roth. conversion? Right. Is, is, would that be good with, with my scenario? So HSA contributions. We're, yeah. We're coming up to the end of the year. If you haven't contributed to your HSA, goodness, just go ahead and do it. If you if you have the capital and it's it's something that you're able to do, by all means, it's thirty eight fifty 
I believe for an individual, and if you're married, it's double that. Yeah. So $3,850 you can contribute to your HSA. Yeah, the, no, HSA, you know, you hear Mike talk about it. We all talk about it where it's it's the only kind of triple triple benefit uh, tax account, right? You put money in tax-free, it can grow tax-free, and you can take it out and use it tax-free if it's as long as you use it for qualified medical expenses. And so there's nothing else out there like it. There's no mm-hmm. other account that we can say, hey, you can put money in here and literally never pay taxes on it. The HSA is the one, the one account that you can. So again, to Eli's point, if you have the funds, if you need a little bit more tax help, um, whatever the may, reason may be, definitely contribute to that. Now you have to have an HSA qualified plan. So ju- not everyone is eligible to contribute to an HSA, but um, it might be worth going out and looking, talking to your HR department. Maybe you're on the plan where you're not eligible, but they have an HSA option. You might want to reevaluate that and see if mm-hmm. it would make sense to move to a new medical plan so that you could contribute. Yeah. And we're coming up, we're probably out of open enrollment for, for most people. HSA plans can be great, but if you know you're going to have certain medical expenses right, not throughout for the year, if you know your children, or your child is going to need braces, or there are certain plans that work for certain circumstances, your annual enrollment should consider that. Yeah. Anytime that you enroll in insurance planning, it should that should come into consideration. So right. tax planning. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, and again, end of year, other, if you own a business, you know, do you need to be spending money buying something that, you know, have you had a big year, made a lot of money, um, going to have a higher income? Do you need to, you know, kind of pull forward some expenses that you may have for next year? And mm-hmm. again, this is, this isn't advice. These are just kind of ideas and things to be looking at. Um, you know, so just have the conversations is kind of the moral of this of this conversation. Yeah. You know, the uh, reach out to your advisor, reach out to your CPA. Don't wait until April because certain things have to be done before the end of the year. Some things can be done before April 15th as long as you do it before you file. But other things have to be done before the end of the calendar year. And mm-hmm. So just know what those are. Be planning ahead. Another one we had on here was gifting. So if you're someone who, you know, is looking to leave a legacy or you want to expedite some of that and start gifting some money to certain beneficiaries, you know, looking at those types of things. So um, don't wait till we get too far into the close to the end of the year, because depending on what you're needing to do, you can um, potentially run into some just um, processing timelines where if you're asking your custodian or advisor to get certain things done, their hands may be tied because, this is a very busy time of the mm-hmm. year for a lot of this. Yeah, if you think of like Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, like they get slammed right. in December. So it's really beneficial to start looking at these things during November because come December, you may not have processing that takes too long and you're, you don't get your request finished right. before December 31st. One other thing is RMDs, required minimum distributions. You do need to take your RMDs. It's best, just like we just stated, to do your RMDs from your qualified accounts now it's better to do it now don't wait till december 20th and request an rmd because it may not happen and then you have to pay a penalty just because they weren't able to get it out in time right so definitely look at rmds now so that anything else you can think of no let's move on to the fun stuff yeah the fun stuff so now that we've covered all of the important year in items let's get into some of the today's big headlines so first up with his logo everywhere from basketball arenas to race cars FTX's CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, has been quick to boast that he and his enterprise are immune from a wipeout. I think he's eating those words. So after scrambling to bail out FTX following a Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing, supposedly putting his 
$40 million Bahamas penthouse up for sale and losing 94% of his personal wealth in one day, we see how the mighty fall. And then Kate Rooney of CNBC Business spoke about her interview with Bankman Freed. Take a listen. I spoke to Sam Bankman Freed here in Nassau on Friday, and despite being ousted from FTX in the company's bankruptcy, he says he's still spending most of his time still trying to broker a bailout. He declined to talk about some of the financial details around the fall of FTX, what we all really want to know, and he did decline an on-camera interview or a longer talk on the record. He is hunkered down here, though, in an upscale Bahamas neighborhood, and he told me there are billions of dollars of potential funding out there to make customers whole, as he put it. We also talked about getting as much value to users. He said he hates what happened and he wishes he had been more careful. He also maintains that there are billions of dollars in customer assets available, despite not having access to his corporate email or any of the FTX systems right now. Goodness. Okay, so Matt, let's let's talk about what has been going on here. Can you give just a high-level overview as to what's wrong with FTX? Well, I don't know all of the details we were talking about before we got on here. You know, this very this smells very Madoffy. Um, we think, you know, we were doing an over-under on how soon is there a movie made about this. Because yeah. this is, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of complicating kind of factors and things that go into this. But on on the surface, it really looks like just straight fraud. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like theft, he used ass, he used company and, and client assets to, to buy stuff, to buy other people things and moved money around. And it just looks like fraud and theft, in, in my opinion. And so... How it all unfolds, I don't know. I think, you know, this. he had this other company, Alameda. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. But I know he was, like, using one of his companies to bail out the other and, like, moving money back and forth. And it was just super shady. I mean, real mm-hmm. shady. And this is, you know, I think part of the problem you get into when you, you have anything that, that's, one, it's new. It's unregulated. Less regulated, yeah. It's, it's not regulated. It's new. A lot of people don't understand it. Most of the people investing it don't fully understand it. Um, the systems, processes, procedures that are in place to help protect the people investing in it aren't there, or mm-hmm. they're very, very limited um, and elementary. And so, you know, I don't know if Sam Bankman-Fried went into this thinking, hey, let's go steal a bunch of money from a bunch of people, or if he just got in over his head and, and you know, I think human nature, you try to make it work and figure it out and you typically make it worse Mm -hmm. before it gets better and so that's kind of what it looks like here is um he just got way way in and way over his head and this new ceo that's come in to try to basically fix it all said this is worse than enron right same ceo that came in to restructure and revamp enron and he's like this is the worst i've ever seen from a compliance perspective and um client security and so yeah it'll be interesting i'm looking forward to i hope people get their money back to some degree um, yeah i mean it's it's i doubt everything if back, you look but. at how much money has been lost on this based in good faith right people invested into ftx in good faith that they were had a solid business a solid fund and it was just all glass windows that are sh- shadowed over yeah. i mean you no one knew exactly what they were investing in and that right. they're they're paying the cost of it right now but it's it's fraud. It's it's pure fraud. Yeah, is all it is. One one thing that's interesting to think through is a lot of this ties to crypto and just investor sentiment. So how people feel about crypto. I'm I'm interested to see like today, for example, I I just pulled up Bitcoin. So we record these on Monday. So today's Monday. What the twenty first? Uh, Bitcoin's at fifteen thousand. It was at eighty eighty thousand earlier in the year. 
I mean, it's it is. I don't know if it was that high. Year to date, let me see where it started. Year to date, it was up at like sixty, maybe okay. forty. Yeah. I mean, it's down like fifty, sixty percent year to date. And so it's, yeah. I think, I think it goes back to the old rule of thumb. You know, you hear like the Warren Buffetts and kind of the old school investors that don't invest in stuff you don't understand, mm-hmm. don't invest in stuff that you don't know what it's about or what they're doing or where your return is supposed to come from. And I mean, this was very. This has always been when I say this, you know, Bitcoin, FTX, crypto, whatever you, however you want to kind of phrase it, has always been very speculative, very, hey, I think the next person will pay more for it than I did. So I think it's going to go up in value, right? There's no, been no fundamental reason or, or value to what's been going on and how it's been going on. It's just been pure speculation and momentum based on, hey, this is hot. The, the price keeps going up. And so, um, that's not sustainable. I mean, that's not. There's going to be a. There's going to have to be a use case at some point. That, that's what I was going to say. Is yeah. It, I mean, there needs to be an actual use. I mean, we're years into this. This whole crypto experiment, really. I mean, this started years ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's really come, become popular over the last few years. But years and years ago is when it this stuff started. And you would think by now that there would be some use cases, right? Mm-hmm. And I know there have been some small small use cases where it makes sense for certain things, but not really from an investables perspective, not where mm-hmm. the masses could say, hey, this is the wide use case that now the average Joe can go invest in this and look to make a profit. Um, it's been more like specialized, like how can you move money around from different currencies and move you know, money from um, different how can, countries. How can and you like, illegally purchase something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the biggest use case up to this point has been fraud and theft. Yeah. And you know, criminal activity. And so I don't think crypto in general is just going to disappear by any stretch, but I don't think it's going to be the hot new thing or go up in value in a big way until we get closer to some real life use cases yeah. for it. One, one interesting opinion that I heard, I was listening to another podcast discussing this topic and they said, we think for investor sentiment to come back, for people to trust it again, it's going to take an actual like, Fidelity or Schwab or someone to find a use case yeah. for it and put it on their platform. Then people will maybe consider buying again. Right. Just because now now there's a company that is reputable. There's no there's no sh- shaded windows. There's the, yeah. you can you know that they're regulated. So and I mean, there just has to be when they're in the crypto craze, you know, it's like anybody and everybody could go start a new crypto and launch it. And some of these that you'd never heard of that were brand new that just kind of created out of thin air, like were just skyrocketing in value. Mm-hmm. And that's just not sustainable. I mean, supply and demand, you know, limited, limited um, amounts of a resource. I mean, that's what drives value. Right. And so when you have something that can just be created and start, and that's the argument for Bitcoin is, hey, there's only a certain number of them. Mm-hmm. Well, but there's no use case for it. There's no one's really using it for anything. And so when it's just it's another speculative asset like the other crypto that your neighbor down the street just started, you know, on his computer, like what's it just it doesn't make any sense. I've never really been able to fully wrap my head around it. And so. My my kind of thought to clients has always been, hey, I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but only do it with money that you're willing to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't personally have any assets and money in crypto, and because <laughs> I don't I don't have a clue what's going on no. or understand it. I don't get it. Okay, so <laughs> put a bow on it. 
FDX has had a pretty rough go at it. Crypto, it's it's in a turmoil at least currently yeah. until there's a use case or or some type of utility for it going into the future. Let's hope this ends with some people going to prison. <laughs> let's. It, it, I mean, they, seriously, it sounds like it should be in a good so, movie. Yeah. So let's let's move on to a company that everyone knows and some really love is is Disney. Disney stock rose more than six percent last Monday. As of Friday, the company's shares had fallen 40% so far this year, but the stock rose because they ousted their current CEO and put in a new one. So they they ousted Chapek, I think that's how you say Chapek, it, yeah. Chapek, and now Bob Iger is is becoming CEO. So 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 Matt, what went wrong with Chapek? Why are they why are they replacing him? Yeah, I think I mean a lot of people. I love Disney in terms of just the movies, and you know, I mean. I've got three little yeah. kids. We got the Disney app. We're on it all the time. I could sing all the Elsa songs. Okay, so I'm Matt, all for Matt Disney. walks around the office singing Elsa. <laughs> Guard yeah. your ears. Yeah, I know. I know. There's been some pushback because uh, from a lot of people because of some social stances they've they've taken, which I get. Um, but they've just really struggled through you know through COVID. Chepix kind of had a tough run at it. He planned a hiring freeze, angered a lot of employees based on his silence on some social issues. Mm. Um, you know, there's just been some negative PR towards Disney since he's been there, right, wrong, or indifferent, and whether or not it's all his fault. I don't know. I haven't kept up with it as much. But, you know, the stocks just struggled. And in, like any publicly traded company, you have a stock that's down 40% a year. You know, it was down – Disney stock was down 28% as the Dow rose 25%, and the S&P 500 increased 27%. So, so that was all while Chapek was CEO. Yeah, going back over the last several years. And so, you know, it's not like the market the entire time he's been in, in that position has struggled, mm-hmm. but yet Disney stock has struggled. And so that's only going to last for so long before you get a board that starts to make a decision. And so everyone loved Bob Iger, and um, I think he was an easy solution to say, hey, let's let's bring this guy back in and, and get things back on track. Um, so and it's almost, almost like an NBA contract. Like, yeah, he, he's like in there year deal. two year contract, turn us around and we're going to find someone else. Yeah. I think they, they knew they needed to do something pretty drastic, you know, and bringing in someone else that was going to just have this big question mark around them of what are they going to do and how are they going to do things? That was probably a little too risky for them at this point mm-hmm. where they knew they could go get Iger and you kind of know what you're going to get. Right. Cause you have a track record there. Um, Here, here's my question. Are Disney World and Disneyland tickets gonna go back down in price? Because this year I think they've more than doubled yeah. in price, and that was just Chapek trying to t- trying to get revenue back into the company. I mean, I don't think so. I don't. I mean, I don't expect anything to really go down in price much after all of this. But um, yeah, I mean, the the long term play for them is the streaming business, and conti- you know how can they continue to grow revenue and maximize revenue on the streaming services mm-hmm. that they offer. And um, again, like I said, I'm a, I'm a customer. Um, I gladly pay for it because it gives <laughs> my kids a lot of stuff to watch. So um, I think he'll, if I were betting, I think he'll get things turned around. It might take a while. It's not mm-hmm. easy. I mean, that's a huge, huge company and a, quite a few issues they need to work through. But um, I bet a year or two down the road, they're in a lot better spot than they are today. Yeah. It'll so. be interesting to see for sure. All right. So, Thanksgiving week, Eli, what do you got going on this week? We're going over to, so my family is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so we're going over to celebrate with my family, and then my wife's family decided they were going to book a cabin up in Branson, so we're, we're oh, splitting nice. it, doing the young marrieds split, where it's my family first, and then going yep. over to her family in Branson, so it'll be busy, but yeah. it'll be good. Yeah, 
Yeah, we hope everybody has safe travels running around all over the place. Are you in charge of the turkey, Matt? Well, so my sister was supposed to host on Friday. She's sick, so I think we are hosting. And so I think as of like last night, yes, I am in charge. Do you already have your turkey? I don't. I would have gotten one Saturday when I was at Sam's, but I didn't know I was hosting at that point. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go find one. So hopefully someone still has one and I'll be smoking it on the trigger. Someone in the office had told me that there was going to be a turkey shortage. This was like yeah. a month or two ago. So my family has had a turkey for a solid two months now. Yeah. And they, they I've heard that from multiple people. They're consistently making fun of me in the group text because they bought a turkey two months ago and they can still find them. Yeah, in the stores. there was there was a lot of them at Sam's. So I don't know. I think I'd heard from multiple people there was going to be a turkey shortage. It felt like COVID tissue paper. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's a fun time of the year. Football, hunting season, Thanksgiving, Christmas right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Family, friends. So it's it's a fun time of the year. It's been cold here in Northwest Arkansas, man. I'm not. I need this to be like January, February weather, not mid-November. We've had more snow here in November than sometimes we get all year. Yeah. I mean, we've had an inch or two probably total. So. I feel like I haven't seen my toes in six months. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been cold, but um, looking forward to Thanksgiving, a couple days off, spending time with family. So um, it'll be good. Yep. So good conversation today. I think the most interesting topic, and I would encourage – viewer listeners go read about ftx i think it's really interesting just to see some of the stuff that took place it'll be a fun thing to talk about over thanksgiving break with your family if you have some nerds in your when family. they as they say i forget who even says it it's gonna slip my mind but i'm sure some listeners are gonna be like you couldn't think of that but you know as they say history doesn't repeat itself but it often rhymes mm-hmm. i mean i think lessons like this are good to really take to heart and remember so that because there'll be another one right there'll be another um, trade, meme, meme stock, crypto, that you're tempted to want to run and jump in. Yeah. And unless you've lived through something like this before, um, you know, you won't have the perspective you maybe need to know what the good and the bad of it. Right? Yeah, and Gen so, Z's getting shaken up. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who've been hurt in a big way in, with this. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be something different, but it'll happen again, undoubtedly. So as always, if you enjoy this show, please feel free to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. And we always like to end the show with a thought of the day. I think this one is is well-timed. It's from William Penn. It says, Humility and knowledge in poor clothes are better than pride and ignorance in costly attire. Think, thinking through FTX, that, that yeah. can sting a little bit. Yeah. So thank you for listening today. We hope to have you join us next week on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit Mach1Financial.com disclosures.